Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple line, people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome into the Around Sports Podcast, October 17, 2017. Just concluded week six, the NFL action. It's the uh, first day of the NBA here. We got uh, right now the Cavs and Celtics are going, and, uh, and the baseball playoffs are going strong, and it's, uh, it's a good time of year. Other than, uh, other than the weather getting cold, but uh, and, and other than my picks not being the uh, the warmest here in the last couple of weeks, but hey, you know that's all part of the deal. Uh, let's head out to Vegas and check in with Rob as always. How you doing there, Crabber? Yeah, not too bad. Like you said, got all the games on here. Got the baseball, some hockey, of course NBA. So it's definitely a good time of season to be betting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first we'll start off the pod like we usually do with, uh, do a little recap. The weekend recap. So last weekend for me, I ended up going two and three, um, had a couple, a couple one and a half unit plays that, uh, one got there with the Vikings, which was kind of, you know, a strange game with, with A-Rod getting knocked out, but I still would have liked that either way. Then, uh, the other one with Tampa Bay, I think was just kind of a clear wrong side of, I probably overrated Tampa Bay a little bit, or they just definitely disappointed me. And, uh, and then Atlanta, which was kind of a, a wonky game, <laughs> laying double digits and losing outright. Uh, you know, that's that's a little tough, but that's I heard. You know, I've heard there's a lot of sharp money on them last week, and the line kept going up, and I, they got up early, and I just didn't really see Miami coming back like that. But you know, kudos to them. And uh, Pittsburgh, I know you were on that too, and I heard there's a lot of other people. Um, that was, you know, pretty much never in doubt right side winner for the most part. That was good. And, uh, then I'll get into that Indy Tennessee game here in a little bit. Once uh, we get into the next segment, that was the Monday night or that was pretty ridiculous, but how'd your, uh, how the week? Oh yeah. And then I guess I should bring up too uh, another week with a, my pick of the week went down. I had picked Tampa and you tell pretty, pretty early on when it was 21 dip or whatever it was, that wasn't going to end well. So I pretty much shocked that one up to lose right away, but it's still disappointing to, you know, have another pick of the week here go bad. But what are you going to do? Oh, what, uh, how was your week? Yeah, a little bit better. Went on the right side of the docket there. Got some winners home. I actually had two one and a half unit plays on that New England under, which was pretty lucky all in all. And that obviously it helped pretty, pretty much with that pylon whole call there with the touchback instead of being a touchdown. I still like the play, but it definitely would have been a little bit more dicey uh, after that one. But that was a definitely a good break on my end. 
Uh, so I got that one home, and then uh, that Rams, I liked them quite a bit, and I had a unit and a half. It was, if it got up to three, I was going to put a two-unit play, and same thing with that New England. If it got to a 48 and a half, I was going to put it as a two-unit play, but didn't get quite as good a number as I'd hoped, so I just put a unit and a half on because I still liked them, but got both those home as a bigger ticket plays, and then like you said, Pittsburgh, I kind of felt pretty good about that from the start all the way to the end. It's a pretty good play, and I had the over as well, just kind of a a game that didn't really play out as I expected. It just really not as much of the offense of game, obviously, with the lower scoring and uh, just a pretty dominant form- performance by Pittsburgh's D. So then I also released Carolina late on Thursday night. Got involved in that Thursday night football game against Philly, and I don't know. I uh, Philadelphia is definitely the right side. That's no doubt, but I still don't like. I still don't mind the play. I like I said. Uh, I think I text- talked to you before that game and. I got released at three minus one oh five. I bet it at three plus one oh five, and it's basically saying that you know Philadelphia is a better team than Carolina, and Philadelphia has been pretty good. But I don't, I still don't know if I buy that, and especially at home like that. So I don't know. Like I said, it worked out in that situation, but I still don't mind the bet, especially at a reduced juice to uh, flat three. So, and the one game, uh, like you got, you're on Tampa Bay, and that kind of pushed me away from Arizona. I was ready to put Arizona right before it started, and I was about to push the bet, and then that's when the, they took it off the board because I got sidetracked with something else. So I didn't get my bet in, but I wasn't going to release it as a play because no one really that I respected was, you know, had too hot, was too high in Arizona in that game. But I really liked them just from the number and being at home. I know they always play better at home and pretty much just dominated the whole game or the first half, I should say, and then kind of almost gave it away there at the end, uh, fourth quarter. So anyway, yeah, it uh, was a, a better weekend. I'm ready to come back and another strong weekend here coming up this next weekend. Yeah, and I saw some mess in that Arizona-Tampa game that Fitzpatrick was in there for most of the game over Winston, too, so he wasn't wasn't awful, but it was pretty typical Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic. And so, if anything, they played uh, better, and obviously it could have just been the way of, you know, the way of the tide goes and stuff like that, but they, you know, they got something going a little bit more because they just got pretty much dominated, especially that first quarter, first half. They just, whatever, they were down 21 or 28 nothing, whatever it was, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's, uh, go forward here to the next week, or, I mean, first of all, we'll, uh, we'll go back and, was there any games, I don't, I don't think there was a whole lot, but was there any games where the number came into play? Getting the best of the number. Yeah, so I like, yeah, like you said, there wasn't a whole lot this week, I didn't really go into much first half or second half, just kind of didn't want to muddy the waters, but. Um, there's the one game was that Pitts or uh, not Pittsburgh, sorry, uh, Jacksonville and the Rams, that total came into play. It landed on 44 and there really wasn't many shops, but like MGM and Caesars both opened at 44 on Monday last week. So you could have got a push there if you would have got there early, but that's obviously kind of nitpicking, uh, closed at about 42. So if you got that, you would have pushed instead of losing, um, uh, depending on if you had the over or the under, obviously, but game ended on 44 and it closed at about 42 so he could have got a 44 and then the other game I know you were on that indie game which is a pretty bad pretty bad beat there Monday night if they didn't score that last touchdown which obviously odds are they're not going to just break that big run uh it would have landed right on seven which would have been a huge you know bad bad thing for the books because he closed at six and a half at some sharper books and then some some books around town had some seven even with uh, some reduced juice on Tennessee so and then you and then you released a seven and a half, and there was a seven and a half or even an eight earlier in the week. So um, you could have for sure got a one either side if if that one touchdown went to happen. But obviously, uh, that's saying if ends and buts. So that that didn't happen. But that'd been the only one that would have came into play for sure, uh, widely available uh, this week that I took note of. 
Yeah, when I was looking at it Monday morning or yesterday morning there, I was just like, how I'm I'm not a huge indie fan, but I'm like, how is Tennessee laying eight points here with a you know, Mariota's back, but he wasn't particularly spectacular even when he was totally healthy. Yeah, he definitely hobbled. Yeah, what if you have a Bradford situation from a couple Mondays ago where he's not fully healthy or he gets hurt right away again or whatever? Then you got Matt Castle laying eight or or a hobbled Mariota. It's like I, I felt that was a fair price or even a little bit of value on Indy with a healthy Mariota, uh, let alone you know the chance that he's either hurt or gets hurt during the game or you know just isn't right or whatever. So I thought that was just an absurd number and it was one of those that was covering for fifty nine and a half minutes again, but. You know, the the Monday night games have been pretty pretty ridiculous this year for a lot of different uh, you know weird plays and a lot of randomness to them. So that's just part of the deal, and you know you assume it kind of evens out in the long run. But definitely pretty frustrating there when when Henry breaks that at the end, and uh, you know there's a lot of sharp betters took the Colts plus eight, Colts plus seven and a half. and even the ones that took it later who are at plus seven are still going to get a push out of it and. The Titans betters are, you know, some of the terrible Titans betters on have the minus seven and a half, minus eights got totally bailed out when he, when Henry not only doesn't go down when all he has to do is fall over and the clock runs out, but then he is about to get angled out of bounds and may have stepped out of bounds. I know there was a picture on Twitter going around forever, but uh, doesn't for whatever reason and turns it back into the field and it's about looks like he's going to get run down by a linebacker and then all of a sudden that guy pulls up and. Henry goes for 75 and the touchdown on the cover. But, yeah, just craziness. What uh, It is what it is. Frustrating to watch. But made took my week from a winning week to a losing week. But, you know, that, that happens from time to time. So nothing we can do other than look at the card this week and, and try to get her going here. So the first game we got up is the Thursday Nighter, which looked like one of the games of the year potentially coming into the year. But now it doesn't look quite as attractive. We got Kansas City at Oakland. Uh, Kansas City laying three here on the road with a total of 47. Yeah, my guess here, Kansas City minus three. Power rating, Kansas City minus three. My opener at the Westgate, which I'll say, like I do every podcast, Westgate, uh, Vegas here is what we use for the opener just to kind of keep it consistent, as well as the look ahead line, which is the line we used from the week before that was bettable. Um, and that look headline was Kansas City minus two and a half. So not a whole lot of adjustment here. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have been surprised if Kansas City would have blew out Pittsburgh or at least beat them and looked pretty good that this line would have came in well over three, you know, four and a half or so, I would, I would assume just because Oakland's look so bad. Um, sidewise, I don't have a whole lot. Obviously, power ratings right where it's sitting. Uh, there's a few two and a halfs that open with a little bit of juice. I was thinking about grabbing just out of a value standpoint, but the more I thought about it, I just didn't really. I don't really want to bet against this Oakland team right now because their backs are against the wall. They're, what are they, two and four now, I think, straight up. Yeah. So it's just a deal where, not that I'm really high on Oakland by any means, but it's just one of those things where they pretty much need to win this game to be they're in the playoffs last year to have a chance of making it again. And I know they obviously have high expectations and, and high hopes of the team. So like I said, I, I'd have to look at the Oakland side if anything, but I don't really don't want to get it even involved here at three so i'll probably be staying away side for total wise i actually just made a bet here a little bit ago before we started the podcast uh mgm had a 47 and a half and i saw the market moving a little bit so actually mgm just moved down to 46 and a half but see i got a 47 and a half in my pocket on the under and uh right now market's sitting 46 and a half or maybe a few 47 still but I, I do like that. Um, 47 is a pretty key number, so uh, I still like it at 47 if you can get that. But once you get under that, I don't really like it as much. But 
just a, a game here where it's going to be another game. I think it's going to be a little colder, actually, in Oakland. It should be, like, in the 60s and might be a little bit, I think, more just a ground-and-pound type of game. Uh, Oakland's receivers haven't looked as good this year, and something where I, I don't I think Kansas City is going to take a step back offensively, too, just kind of like we saw last week. I think a lot of that was due to Pittsburgh, but I think it's a little bit to do with Kansas City's offense as well. So, like I said, I think it's going to be more of a low-scoring game and a tight, tighter game and, uh, le- small lean towards Oakland on the side, and then I, I like the under 47 if you can get that. Yeah, it is too bad here that the Chiefs didn't – I mean, obviously it was good for, for our bet since we both cast last week on Pittsburgh, but it's too bad that the Chiefs didn't look more impressive in that game at least. And and kind of – so the, the Marcus didn't necessarily tank on them just from losing one game. But it would be nice here to get over three or four, four and a half or anywhere in that range because – Basically, like like you said, with Oakland being two and four, losing four straight here, you know you're going to get what should be a really good effort from them on the short week at home. Um, you know, back against the wall and uh, maximum effort type situation, a division rival still. So I mean, it's not like the Chiefs aren't going to be trying, but it's just kind of human nature to not quite be as desperate when you're five and one, even though they are coming off a loss. They're still they got the best record in the AFC and. And Oakland being two games under 500 like this, they they obviously want to win the game, but it's not like they have a little bit of wiggle room to work with. So there isn't going to be quite that desperation. I don't think that Oakland has, but the problem is, is I think the markets have pretty much counted for it, even though um, you know with the home field and everything, the Chiefs land three on the road is a a fairly big uh, you know level of respect for Kansas City. It's still not necessarily a ultra attractive price range, I don't think, for me to get involved on the Oakland side, even though that's definitely the way I would lean as well. Um, it, who who knows with Derek Carr? I mean, he was at one point or a couple weeks ago they were saying it might be a Romo situation where he's out for a handful of games and still not even that right when he comes back, and then all of a sudden, you know, he misses whatever a couple games and. And then he's back, and it's what seemed like way ahead of schedule. And last week didn't look spectacular. So who knows if he's got any lingering effects from that. And then, like we say, pretty much every week, or at least I do, then you throw in the fact that this is a Thursday night game on top of all that. Uh, you know, that's just kind of a, a hard, hard, hard situation to, to be feel too confident. And I agree with you. I've definitely leaned to the under as well. I don't know if I like it quite enough for you to bet it, but. Um, that's, I would look under and uh, home team here if, if I had to go, but I probably won't be involved in this one unless something changes with either of these numbers pretty drastically. So on to the Sunday games, there is a London game, but it's not, uh, early like they usually are. It's actually, uh, the kickoffs the same time as the rest of the early games. So that's kind of a weird dynamic, but, um, you know, I don't totally hate that necessarily. So the first game we got on the card here is Tennessee at Cleveland. It's like Tennessee's laying five and a half, six on the road with a total of 46 and a half. Yeah, my guess here before the Monday night game, uh, not that it made a huge difference. Uh, actually, it was during the Sunday night game, so I was before the, it was in the Sunday afternoon game, so I didn't have the Sunday night game either. So that my, when we get to that Denver and the Giants will be a little bit skewed as well. But um, my guess here, Tennessee minus seven and a half, my power rate in Tennessee minus seven, and the opener was Tennessee minus six and a half. I just kind of put it to see how high. I just want to make sure I'm trying to be higher than the market on against Cleveland here. I kind of just uh, a deal where I'm just not going to bet on Cleveland until they show me something. I'm not going to get burned uh, last year. I kind of did that a lot last year, and 
But with that being said, it's the only way I'm going to be looking. I'm not going to be betting Tennessee laying points on the road, especially the way they looked last night. Mariota not being able to move in the pocket, basically just stranded, and they have their own problems in, in itself. So, um, But Cleveland, they can't find a quarterback, and uh, there's just a lot of problems there, obviously, and you'd expect them to get it together at some point, but I'm not going to keep chasing my tail, hoping that it's that this week. So Cleveland to be the, the play here, uh, I'm probably on one of my either – you know, people I follow or whatever, I might be on Cleveland, but I'm probably not going to be putting, putting a play in myself. So Cleveland or pass for me. Well, it sounds less attractive getting less than a touchdown with Cleveland right now or laying near a touchdown on the road with Tennessee. And I, I just, I can't, I, I, neither of those sound attractive even in the least bit. Well, yeah, like That's we saw last week too, 11-2 against the spread or – I guess well yeah, after last week was lo- or after yesterday it was eleven and three but very easily could have been twelve and two against the spread and uh, every one of those underdogs won except for Indy and then I think two more so yeah if you're gonna if you're kind of in in between I think you always just gotta take the points especially in the NFL yeah no definitely but I mean this, this Cleveland team like I had felt a little bit okay with them last week getting catching the nine and a half ten and they just weren't even competitive in that game. So now you're obviously it's a different team. Now they're at home, uh, but still, I mean, just catching under a touchdown in any situation with this Cleveland team the way they're playing right now, and then who knows if they're going to be, you know, still trying hard at you know the, when teams zero and six, you know they might they might have started having a lot of quit in them. And, who, and who's to know? You know they're not good if they try, let alone if they start to you know just not try at all. So um, yeah, I don't know. That's I agree in general. But I, I think Cleveland, as we've seen, could be the one exception. Uh, so I, I'm not going to – there's just about a 0% chance. <laughs> you know, nothing's a 0% chance, but this is about as close to it as it gets that I'm not going to be involved in this – that I'm going to be involved in this game. Um, just absolutely no interest on, on either side. And um, the, the little confidence pool I do where you rank the teams in order who you think is going to cover, this will almost for sure be my level one confidence. <laughs> I just really have absolutely no opinion on this game, so – no reason to belabor that point anymore. Let's just go move on to a much more attractive matchup here in this Jacksonville-Indianapolis game. Looks like <laughs> Jacksonville is uh, laying three on the road. With some some places there's a little bit of juice, and then total of 43.5 or so. Yeah, my guess here, Jacksonville 4.5. Power rating was 4.5. The opener at the Westgate, Jacksonville minus three, and that was a look headline as well. It's a little bit of uh, support here for Indy. Uh, I, think they looked, I think they looked a little... There's definitely they have their problems, obviously, but they looked. I don't know. One of those deals where Brissett looked decent or at least average or so, not terrible by any means, and they shown little signs of life. So you know, I'm not surprised to see a little bit of indie money, um, but it's kind of been moving around a little bit. But I don't. Know, I'm kind of split on this one. I think my first lean is the indie, but it's just because uh, I, I like them better at home too. I think when they go home, it'll be a better, it'll be more comfortable, especially with uh, Brissett behind center. I think it'd just be. A better team effort at home, but at the same time, I just don't really trust that team either. But then, then you look at the other side of the coin with Jacksonville, and you just really can't trust Bortles. That's basically why I made my bet last week on the Rams is basically fading Bortles and just hope that they could get a lead and having Bortles to come back. And that's basically what happened. They couldn't throw the ball, and you know, they really don't have much faith in Bortles. So, um, and I don't either as a as a as a better. So um, I think this one's I. Like I said, I think I'd probably lean Indy at this point, but you know, if it gets to three and a half, it's gonna be worth a play. But at this point, uh, I'll kind of wait and see if I can get a three and a half. Otherwise, I'll probably just stay away. Wait, where's you're saying there's Indy? There's been Indy money on this game? Yeah, a little. I mean, it's kind of moving around, but yeah, it's kind of went from 
opened three and they went up to three and a half at some spots and then kind of came back down to three a little bit. So it's kind of moving around, like I was saying. Uh, I'd still say, if anything, there's been more Jacksonville money because now it's just juiced in some places. I think it's pretty much open three about everywhere, right? No, but, it's three with juice pretty much everywhere. I mean, Westgate was three minus 110. I, but, I mean, most places open three, 120. Um, I think so. I think where's it? Coast three and a half. No, three, 120. But anyway, yeah, it's. Uh, All right, well, I bet, I guarantee by the end of the week there's going to be um, significantly more, I'd say for sure, public money on Jacksonville. And I would, I would guess there might even be. But I would say there's probably going to be more sharp money on Jacksonville too. I, I could see this number potentially going up to three and a half, and then probably getting bought back by some sharp action if it does get up there. But uh, so I could see, I would probably see it just ending on three with juice to to Jacksonville, kind of like it is here now in most places. I think that just seems about the right number. That's probably the way I would look too. But I also, you know, I don't know, laying. Laying a, even though it's just a field goal, then laying extra juice with Bortles on the road isn't super enticing to me. So I kind of want to bet Jacksonville because I think Indy's, uh, even even the game last night, even though they didn't cover for me, and they weren't horrible. They kind of the Doyle, the tight end, fumbled there a couple times, even though the one got overturned, which I thought rightfully so. But the other one was just a horrible fumble on his part, so I think that was just kind of fluky. Um, and I, I think they are a pretty decent team, but in this price range, you're basically asking them to either win the game or, you know, have it come down to a field goal late. And I think the only, the only unit I really trust in the whole game is Jacksonville's defense. So as long as you can avoid a, a Bortles turnover and, and or Fournette can get after it on the ground for Jacksonville, who's upgraded to probable now. Um, I think that's, you know, a pretty decent chance that Jacksonville's going to win the game. So maybe you get a push, maybe you get a win. Um, that's kind of the way I'd look. But when you're paying paying the extra juice for it, it's not overly enticing to me. I think there's probably some better opportunities on the board. Uh, the next game we got is Baltimore at Minnesota. Looks like Minnesota's laying five, five and a half with a total of 39 and a half, 40. And my guess here, Minnesota minus four. My power rating, Minnesota four and a half. The opener was Minnesota minus four and a half. And the look ahead was Minnesota minus three and a half. And yeah, a little bit of money for Minnesota here. Not really a surprise. I'm seeing, like you said, five and a half. I see anywhere from five to six, actually. So at least at my books that I got. So, um, yeah, it's just tough. I really just don't trust Minnesota in the spot. I, think they're the better team and all that but that's obviously built into the point spread the home field advantage is pretty good but I, I like I like the direction they're going in I think they're obviously got the injury with running back and then the quarterback woes but I think they've definitely done a decent job their defense has still been really good and their offense and I they obviously lost digs last week he didn't play but I think we should get be getting them back this week have you heard on that for sure yet no I think he's still questionable, questionable. Or- questionable yeah it looks like he's questionable so anyway if they get digs back but it's the same thing as bradford type of deal if even if he is back how healthy is he going to be that's kind of the hard part to figure out not that he's going to affect the points but a great deal but i think it just helps a lot with keenum uh, and the whole offense to get when he's there just uh if nothing else distracts the defense a little bit the opposing defense but no so i don't this with this game here i think if uh 
like I said, I really like don't like don't really don't like laying points with this Minnesota team. I, I like getting points a lot, like we did last week. You got to play on them. I was on the, the Vikings as well, getting points at home. But now this is a whole different animal here, laying close to a touchdown. So I'd have to look at the Baltimore side if anything. But I I really don't like the Baltimore team as much either. So I think uh, if anything, I'd be looking at the total, and I'm seeing it was a little bit lower, but now I'm seeing some 40s across the board, and I have to lean under on the low total. I think even. Even as low as it is, I think I'd still have to lean under just with both these offenses right now, specifically the Baltimore offense, and then you have the, the Minnesota defense. So I have a small lean to the under if you get it at 40. I'm even seeing a 40 and a half at Coast. I might have to hop on that. Where, just out of curiosity, where are you seeing sixes right now? Because basically everywhere I see it, it's all five and a half. Sixers, uh, Coast right now is flat six, which is Boyd. So maybe it's just the oh. one. I don't know. Um, I'm just kind of seeing what what is possible. But yeah, I only see a six at Boyd, so it's really not too widely available or anything by any means. But I see a five, okay. see a five at CGT, five at South Point, five at Stations, five at Win, and then uh, a six at at Boyd. And uh, I don't see any other sixes right now. Okay. Um, yeah. Was, um, yeah. And this one is this just goes back to typical Vikings game. I don't really feel like laying five and a half even though it's not a horrible number and I don't trust Baltimore at all especially their offense but then again if the Vikings even though they ended up winning the last game by 13 against the Packers once Rodgers went out it's, you gotta take that with a grain of salt obviously and they're just even though Keenum's played fine um they've just kind of been shooting themselves in the foot a decent amount on on offense with turnovers and just dumb turnovers and then um you know <clears throat> um, it's just hard for them to overcome deficits if they happen to get down or something fluky happens or bad happens to them. So five and a half is just a decent amount to cover, even though I have been pretty uh, pretty bearish on this Baltimore team all year and still continue to be. They just haven't haven't looked good. Of course, losing to that Bears team at home last week in overtime. I just they're just I don't know. Flacco just doesn't look good, and their just offense in general just doesn't look in sync. And then of course they got so many injuries now. Uh, it's just really hard for me to get my money invested with them. But at the same time, like I said, with the Vikings, I just don't really like laying a price with them either. So it's another game that at uh, at this point, I just don't really I think the number's kind of where it should be. And I don't really trust either team enough to either Baltimore to keep it within the number or the, the Vikes necessarily cover the number. So uh, there's another one for me where I'm most likely not going to be involved here come Sunday. Next game we got is the Jets at Miami. It's like Miami's laying three with juice or some three and a halfs and a total of 38 and a half. Yeah, my guess here, Miami minus four. My power rating, Miami minus two and a half. Westgate opened Miami minus three and a half and the look ahead was Miami minus four and a half. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I won't be involved in this game, at least with my, my own picks or my own play. Um, I just really don't trust this Miami team much at all. I, I don't like the Jets team much, but this with just with Cutler behind center, they've been looked so iffy, and they kind of came back last week, obviously against the Falcons. But it still wasn't like I told them, oh, wow, this team's pretty impressive now by any means. It seems more just kind of a Atlanta not playing and kind of just throwing in the towel early type of deal, thinking they had it locked up. So I give more more negative to Fel- the to Atlanta side more than Miami good type of thing. But and even this home field, I don't give them a big home field advantage either. So. Uh, but then obviously it's a Jets team that I don't have a lot of confidence in, so I don't, I don't, I, like I said, I think it's a pretty easy pass here. I don't have any opinion really on either side, and I don't really don't don't know which way to look here. I actually kind of like the Jets a little bit. Um, 
even though they lost the, the Patriots last weekend, they still cover the number, uh, even though that was at home. And then, of course, the, they were getting you know, nine as opposed to only getting three or three and a half here. But I just think the I think that Miami win was, you know, while, while impressive uh, against Atlanta, I, I still don't really buy into them too much as a team. And I, I don't think Cutler's been particularly impressive either. And um, there's a team that I don't think they're necessarily priced super high, but it just kind of feels like they're kind of a you know, up and down team that uh, just after a big win like that, which has by far been the biggest win of their season, just kind of seems like you know this is a decent spot to go against them here, and you know maybe I'll end up uh, regretting it. And I definitely don't feel super confident just because it is only the th- this you know in this price range. But um, I think at three even money, it's not a bad bet taking the Jets. I'd probably be on them for a little bit, and especially if it does get up to three and a half um, at minus one ten or or better. Um, I'll for sure be involved on the Jets side. So uh, that's kind of the way I'm looking. I, th- I think McCown is, he, is, he kind of is what he is. He's not overly impressive and he'll make some bad decisions here and there, but at least he has the potential to come back. You know, he'll sling it around a little bit and, uh, they don't have an abundance of weapons on the, on the Jets team, but they can, they can score, they can score some points here and there. And, and, uh, on the inverse, you, you know, Cutler, uh, it just doesn't. It almost looks a little bit like Baltimore to me with Flacco, where it just doesn't seem like they just really get anything going hardly ever. Um, so I, I don't really feel, even though I lost betting against Miami last week, and what I thought was a great spot for Atlanta, I, I just don't really mind continuing to fade this Miami team. I think it's going to be right more often than it's going to be wrong, and uh, until the markets totally tank on them, which I think is possible uh, in a few weeks down the road. So I, I kind of want to try to get some value betting against them here before. Uh, the markets to adjust. Uh, next game up we got is Tampa Bay at Buffalo. Uh, I don't know, see no hardly anything on the board here. Do you got any numbers on that? No, no line. I see two up on my screen, but that's at Westgate and Bet Online or Sports Betting, and both of those uh, just not real numbers. They're not actually live to be betting right now, so both of them are off the board. So yeah, I don't see any numbers anywhere. Yeah, who knows what? Uh, who really knows with Buffalo coming off a bye and. And losing to Cincy before the bye, and uh, but then winning a couple the game against Denver and um, that and at Atlanta, which who knows if if that's a big feat now. You know who really knows? I think with this Buffalo team, there's about a a wide of variance as as most teams, even though they're not like a, a high scoring, particularly interesting team. But I just they'd be they're one of the teams at the end of the year if they were you know in power rankings if they were 22nd or if they were eighth, I wouldn't be totally shocked either way. I'm just not really sure totally what to make of them yet. And then Tampa, um, you know, they're just, I don't know. They looked pretty bad last week, and I did, there's a decent amount of talent there, but they just can't seem to really get it together. And so it's uh, kind of hard to trust them. And maybe they're one of those teams where they start to turn it on. You can kind of jump and, and ride them a little bit. But um, after not really coming through for me last week, I don't think I'm going to really be betting them on the come and expecting too many great performances until they kind of start showing it a little bit more. You have any uh, opinion on this or these teams or anything? No, I just, I'm not really sure what the line will come in at, but I'd say if it comes in three or cheaper, I would definitely look at the Buffalo side, and I think it's worthy of a bet, so I'll be watching that. I'm assuming it'll come in higher than that. I would say you know, three and a half, four and a half, somewhere in there, but if it does come in at, at three or, or better, I would uh, definitely like the Buffalo side. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One thing um mentioned, Buffalo coming off a bye there. Uh, there are two bye teams this week that we forgot to mention. Um, we got the Lions and the Texans. Uh, I, don't, I think they're kind of the Lions. Basically, I think as the season goes on, they're going to kind of come more and more the team I thought they were when I bet against them there. My two-unit play a couple weeks ago. Uh, so I think they're a pretty average team, and Stafford will score some points and keep them in games, and they'll be in a lot of shootouts, but I don't think they're particularly spectacular. And then the Texans, on the other hand, I mean, they've looked super impressive, and and uh, I think their their ceiling's pretty interesting to debate or you know to to think about because I think out of all the teams in the in the league, there aren't too many that are that spectacular really in general, and uh, or I mean, if any, and you know, the Texans could have about as high of a ceiling as just about anybody um, with with Watson playing the way he is and and their defense even with the Watt and and uh, merciless injuries. Um, so I don't know. I think the Texans are pretty intriguing here going forward, but I don't think you're going to be getting a whole lot of bargains with them either because it's pretty pretty public. Um, we got any opinions on those two? No, I don't got much to say about them. I'm just kind of wait and see if we can get some value or devalue, I guess, after their buys next week. All right. Well, let's go on to the next game then. We got Carolina at Chicago. Uh, Carolina laying three on the road, three with some juice, with a total of forty and a half or so. Yeah, my guess here, Carolina minus 3.5. My power rating, Carolina minus 4.5. The opener was Carolina minus 3.5, and and the look ahead was Carolina minus 4.5. So a little bit of Bears money coming in. Um, Kind of surprised a little bit. I took a flat right at open. I took a flat 110, uh, three flat 110 on Carolina. Not that I really liked it that much. I just figured it had to go up, but clearly a lot of market support, or at least a little bit of market support for the Bears, but... I think this is a game that, you know, like obviously, like I said, I like the Carolina side. Uh, I don't love it by any means, but if it gets down, I see a flat three at South Point, and uh, even at Penny right now, just moved to three flat one ten. So that's a little. Um, I was at one hundred seven, then moved back to one hundred ten uh, on Carolina. So that's something to keep an eye on. I'm really, like I said, not really sure where the bit much big Chicago support's coming. I, I think Carolina is pretty solid. I don't really downgrade them at all after last week's loss against Philadelphia. They didn't look great by any means, but Philadelphia, I think it might be better than what people are giving credit for. And, you know, just, uh, they kind of just had, uh, two big games in a row that they won, like Carolina won. So I'd, whatever, that's just, they're going to have a flat spot every once in a while. But so I like the Carolina side here, uh, kind of fading Trubisky. I think he's looked pretty good. Uh, I like, like, like what he has long term, but I think this might be, uh, kind of a something where he might not be able to keep up with Cam. And, uh, I think their defense is pretty good. So I think he's going to get tested pretty good. And, I think Carolina's going to win this one, and I'd say uh, look look towards Carolina, especially if we can get a three flat one ten before kickoff. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree or disagree too much. I I just don't really I don't really like the Carolina team for whatever reason. I just don't think their offense is still quite ever like quick click totally. Um, but at the same time, Chicago, you know they've win it last week and uh, against Baltimore and then they've they lost to the the Vikes in that like pretty close somewhat fluky game I guess at home uh with the Bradford deal and then and they've beat the Steelers at home too and they could have beat the Falcons so they've been fairly impressive especially at home uh but it also just kind of seems like they're somewhat on a high too here winning in overtime and then returning home so I, I don't think it's necessarily a great spot to be back in the Bears, and and they are kind of gaining a little bit of market support here as the weeks go go on. I know there's some 
sharper money on on them last week against Baltimore that came through. So um, while my natural inclination here would be to lean Chicago, I just don't think this price is necessarily good enough, and um, I don't really trust them totally either. It just it's pretty difficult when you're you know Carolina's one of the upper echelon teams at least in terms of record in the in the NFC. And I just don't really, I'm not high on them at all. But then you start to go up and down the card and you're like, well, which teams do you trust or which teams you know, are are that good that uh, you'd feel comfortable that, you know, that they're going to go in there and take care of business. And there just really isn't too many across the whole league, basically. So um, it's basically, I think, as even um, as we've seen, it's just kind of been a lot of, with me looking at the uh, bigger underdogs that I think are a little bit overinflated and just hoping they can kind of sneak under the number. There hasn't been a whole lot of teams that uh, uh, I like in this price range. The Carolina's in where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable. They can go out in there and take care of business. But at some point, what, what I don't know, you don't know what, offhand what the percentage of underdogs have covered this year. Have you? It's like it's something ridiculous. It's like 68% or something like that. Yeah, I'd say right around 70%. Yeah, and you know, like last year they covered, I think underdogs covered 49.5% or somewhere in that ballpark, and it just about always comes – you know, within 5% of 50-50 um, over the course of a season or so. So it's hard to imagine there's not going to be some regression there with some favorites covering more often here. And, and this type of game would be the um, ones that you'd think would be the first to, to kind of bring that down to closer to 50-50 with teams like Carolina covering here's short road favorites. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll see. Um, I, I probably won't be involved in this one side or total. Uh game we got next is new orleans at green bay <laughs> new orleans which would have this would have sounded ridiculous a week ago but uh, new orleans laying five and a half six on the road total of 48 yeah he kind of throw it out i wasn't really sure what rogers was when i was making it i i mean i guess i guess i should have obviously known it was for sure but i just uh or no maybe i did I, I, i'm not really sure but anyway it doesn't really matter my guess is new orleans minus two and a half power ratings minus one and a half uh, New Orleans, and then the opener was New Orleans three and a half, even money. And the look ahead line, obviously, uh, a lot different. Green Bay minus six and a half, so huge swing there from uh, look ahead from the open, about ten points uh, or so. And then obviously got bet up immediately. Now we're sitting at, I can hell, I can get a six at one shop here. So um, on plus six on Green Bay. So not to say that's all because of Rodgers, but obviously 80-90% of that move is because of Rodgers, so that's a pretty huge uh, huge deal. Not to say it's not warranted, but um, with this game, it's uh, I don't know how you could take the Saints, really. Um, all the value is pretty much lost unless you got on it right away, but uh, I have to look at the Green Bay side. If you can get a 6, I'd have a lean towards that, but... Who knows what you're going to get. It's kind of just a crapshoot. So I, I like the under a little bit more. Uh, probably be releasing as a play, I would assume. Uh, right now he's sitting at 48 or 47 and a half. So I like under 48. A uh, decent amount. So I'm probably going to be – I kind of see this game as kind of a sloppy, colder game at Lambeau. Uh, a lot of running, kind of more ground and pound. And then after – especially after that shootout New Orleans had last week, I think it'll be a little bit lower scoring. And 48's a decently high total too. So – I, like I said, like the under, uh, if anything, and then have a, a lean to Green Bay at this point. Yeah, I pretty much completely agree with that. I was going to make a case for the under myself. Uh just kind of seems like Green Bay sticking with uh, Hundley there, who looked pretty terrible last week, and they they still try to protect him a decent amount and kind of did what the Trubisky and the Bears did against the Vikings a little bit, where they 
ran the ball a lot, did some safe throws. Uh, didn't really put him in a whole lot of trouble until they basically had to. And then when he had to throw, he threw a couple interceptions and got sacked a couple times, and it just didn't look too good. So, uh, I mean, it would probably be a little bit better with a full week of practice here with the, the first team. But um, it's hard to imagine McCarthy wouldn't be playing it pretty pretty tight to the vest and pretty safe for the most part. And I mean, Green Bay, is as much as, as great as Rodgers was, they'd – they kind of did that a little bit anyway, where they'd run the clock and they'd be fairly methodical and they wouldn't necessarily put up ridiculous point totals um, as as efficient as Rodgers could be and as, as good as he was. So I can imagine that this will be a spot where they'll do that, but even more extreme, um, not really running a whole lot of tempo. And then, of course, New Orleans. You got road New Orleans out on grass. Definitely not uh, their preferred environment. And... Uh, you know, not not something that historically they've been incredibly high scoring or successful in themselves. So, um, I could I could definitely see them, you know, not struggling to put up a whole ton of points too. So when you when you're talking about a total this high, and when I see a lot of these other totals, you know, in the low low to mid 40s, and this one's up here, um, you know, in the 48 range, I definitely think there's an extra couple points of value here, and and I kind of like the under. And I, I would lean Green Bay as well, taking six or so. But it's just such an unknown with, with Hundley in there. There's just so little evidence to go off that I don't really like speculating that much unless you you know feel a little bit more confident in, in what you're buying. But for me, it's just a little bit too much of an unknown commodity. So um, I feel confident enough where I'll probably move on the under, or I'm going to move on the under here, um, and probably sooner rather than later because I think, if anything, you, you would assume this is going to move down, right? Yeah, I have the line watcher on it. I've been watching it all week. That's kind of when I go through my preliminary numbers, just kind of put some games out there. Either I bet them if I think they're going to move right away, or I'll wait and see if I think I can get some better numbers. And this is one of the I have a line watcher on, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know why it would go any higher. It's hard. To, I thought it was a little high to begin with, so I'm kind of surprised it was. But the only reason I haven't bet it yet is just because the sharper books are at the 48 and the Vegas books are at the 47 and a half. So that's why I kind of just been waiting to see. But yeah, if I had, I would sure, sure think it's going to be going down before it goes up. Yeah, and those those sharper books are usually indicator, you know, leading indicator books that usually the market tends to go in their direction more often than not. So that is kind of counterintuitive to what what we'd expect, but um, it doesn't always do that, and it's still early in the week. So it might be one of those things where if it starts getting driven down, they might be the first ones to move, and then you just take those as the leading indicator and, and, and lock in at one of the square books while it's still available or wherever you can get the number at before it ends up disappearing. Uh, so now, now we do have the London game. Looks like uh, Arizona and the Rams. Uh, Rams laying three and a half, total of 47, 47 and a half. Yeah, my guess here is the Rams minus two and a half. My power rating was the Rams minus three. The opener was Rams three minus 120, and the look ahead was the Rams minus three. I I grabbed a three right away at open um, this week when the, when the lines came out around after the Sunday afternoon games, and just a three one ten, just out of uh, sheer value because I figured it had to go up, and right now it's sitting, you know, three and a half, pretty much flat. I mean, there's a few reduced juice a little bit, but yeah, any, anywhere in that three with juice to three and a half range, and uh, I just don't really see a whole lot of support coming for Arizona because the Rams look pretty good. So I think it's probably going to be staying right in that three and a half range. So I like it at three, a decent amount. I don't even love it at three, but I was on the Rams last week that I liked it a lot, but. 
I just don't. I I I rather trust the Rams here over Arizona. They looked decent last week, but I think that's uh, like I said. I liked them more at home, and I think that uh, Adrian Peterson is more of going to be of a fluke. I don't think it's going to be a consistent type of deal. So I think it might. Uh, he's going to struggle a little bit next week. Would be my guess. So with that being said, it's going to make it harder for Palmer to throw, and they're kind of going to get back to what it was like with when they had Johnson. So I uh, have a small lean towards the Rams, but I think three and a half is getting a little too pricey. Yeah, it's just. I I'd like to fade the Rams because I do I think at four and two they're getting way too much hype. I think they're a solid team, but I don't think they're uh, you know leading the NFC West, you know fighting for a home a, a buy in the playoffs type top of the conference team. And not that they're totally being priced like that necessarily in the markets, but I think there is a growing sentiment, uh, especially with your average fan, that the Rams are you know a fun team and a good team and and are starting to become a little overvalued here. I think they are, they're solid. But the problem is, is I really dislike this Arizona team, even though they did beat me last week and they're three and three now. I, I think the Peterson thing's a total fluke. I don't think that's going to be sustained long-term by any means. And, uh, you know, Palmer can look okay at times, but I also think in the long run or more, more often than not, he's going to be turning it over and looking old and washed up more so than he's going to be dicing people up so i have no problem fading this arizona team but unfortunately i just don't really think this is the spot to do it you know lane three and a half with the unknown of the london trip with a team i think is a little overvalued and kind of due for a flat spot themselves um just kind of sucks that uh, this is the situation here but reluctantly um passing the side as far as the total goals 47 um, I don't really know, you know, how the one game will affect it. It seems like it can kind of go either way. It doesn't seem like there's anything definitive in terms of its effect on the total. And then neither of these teams, I don't think, have been over there too often. So, um, you know, who really knows how either of them are going to react? And um, I don't know. For me, it just seems about right. And uh, so I'll be staying away from this one almost for sure as well. Uh, now onto the afternoon games. Looks like we got four of them. Uh, the first one is. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh got flexed to a later game. Looks like uh, Pittsburgh's laying five, five and a half at home, a total of 41 and a half. Yeah, my guess here, Pittsburgh minus four and a half. My power rating was three and a half, which seems a little low. I don't it must have been a, I don't know why I put that. Um, Westgate open, Pittsburgh minus six, and the look ahead was Pittsburgh minus seven. Obviously, Cincinnati, Cincinnati coming off a bye. Pittsburgh coming off that big win against Kansas City. Still, uh, Roethlisberger didn't look terrible or great by any means. He kind of just looked average and kind of did what he needed to do. The Stars kind of showed up and Le'Veon and uh, Antonio Brown, and then their defense showed up. I think they were probably the biggest star. But uh, I liked Cincy here if you can get a six, but those are kind of get eaten up. I, I won't say like. I would have leaned towards Cincy at six, but I think it's kind of sitting right where it should be in this five, five-and-a-half range. I think it's uh, – like I said, right where it should be, and it'll kind of be interesting to see if the public hops back on Pittsburgh here at the end of the week or if they kind of just stay off it. I'm not really sure, to be honest. So I could see this line climbing back up, and if it does, I'll probably take a little little Cincinnati, but otherwise uh, probably be staying away. Yeah, it's interesting. You said the look the look headline was seven? Yeah, according to what it said on my source, yeah. Yeah, that seems I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just interesting that Pittsburgh goes and beats an undefeated Kansas City team and doesn't look all that impressive, but you know, just by definition, that's a fairly impressive outcome. And uh, and then the line comes shorter this week by you know two full points is definitely kind of an interesting, um, interesting dynamic here. Um, 
I don't know. I don't. I just who knows what to make of of maybe I mean, both of these teams really. Since he just starting off super slow and looking horrendous there early, but then putting together a handful of good performances in a row. Um, it could just you know it could be one of those things where they just started off bad, and this is more so the team that uh, you know the people expected him to be. I know I bet on him week one against the Ravens in a game where I lost twenty to nothing, and. Uh, Figuring that I think the Bengals were a little bit undervalued coming into the year, and the Ravens were a little bit overvalued, and after Week One, it couldn't look like I was more wrong. And then uh, just about ever since then, it's been the exact opposite, where the Ravens have looked super mediocre to bad, and and the Bengals have been pretty competitive and uh, won the last couple here. So maybe that was just more so of the aberration, and I was more correct than I would have thought based on the result uh, after Week One there. Um, that that being said, Pittsburgh. Although they haven't quite been right yet, I think if you talk about it, they've got to be about the team with just about the highest ceiling out of anybody if, if Roethlisberger can get it going. And even even the couple of passes he completed last week were pretty fluky, like the one, the Brown, that sealed it, where he just basically threw it up in a double coverage, and I don't know if one or two of the Chiefs defenders bounced it and bounced off him, and then Brown happened to pick it up and squeak through everybody for a touchdown. That was so, I mean, even... Even of the uh, 19 points the Steelers scored, it wasn't they weren't all that impressive, uh, and it, it as low as it was even. And uh, so I don't know. It's it's another game where the, the price range seems about right, and um, I, w- I would kind of lean to Cincinnati coming off the bye, but I also don't give Marvin Lewis a ton of respect that he's going to necessarily game plan a brilliant game plan to to keep this game closer to get the win. So, but I mean, it is a division game, and these teams, it seems like these teams usually play fairly close games, if my memory serves correct, so I would lean Cincinnati as well, but not an overly attractive number to the point where I'm going to be heavily involved. Uh, next game we got is Dallas at San Francisco. It looks like uh, Dallas is laying five and a half, six on the road, with a total of 46, 46 and a half, somewhere there. Yeah, my guess here, Dallas minus seven and a half. My power rating, Dallas minus seven. The Westgate open, Dallas minus four and a half, and that was look ahead line as well. Um, I don't know. It, power ratings tell me to go Dallas. Obviously, I'm not going to do that. They're coming off the bye. That's kind of why I gave them a little bit of an uptick. But and then San Francisco, the spot for them is pretty bad. They just keep winning. You know, getting not winning. They keep covering point spread except for the one one week I bet them on them where the bet on them where it's less than three where it's one and a half but other than that they're good at covering I think they're five and one against the spread and uh lost five games in a row now I think that's a record of three game three points or less so but overtime no, they're, game they're four and two against the spread because I've been on them both weeks they haven't covered oh really I've heard multiple <laughs> yeah multiple that times. uh Colts game in overtime that they lost by three they didn't cover and then that uh um the Panthers game week one where they were getting five or six or whatever it was and they lost by 20. So, I don't know, that just goes to show you how good a job I am picking them. Yeah, so anyway, but this is another terrible spot for San Francisco, especially playing against Dallas, a well-rested Dallas team that needed the rest from the bye week. So, that coming in a couple overtime games and last-second game, obviously when they're within three points, they're in every game and fighting until the end. So, you would think this would be a little bit of a downer spot, but it was kind of the same thing last week, and they showed up again. So I I really don't have much on this game. I think uh, I'll be staying away for the most part, and unless you can maybe get a, a 74 kickoff on, on San Francisco, but I don't really see that happening. I think it's going to sit right in this pocket. Yeah, I don't understand this whole Zeke deal. I mean, it said a few days ago that 
he was definitively out for, you know, the uh, suspension was going to be upheld. And then all of a sudden, a couple hours ago, it broke that, I don't know, there's an injunction or something happened, and now he's going to be playing again Sunday. <laughs> it just, uh, just seems pretty ridiculous. I don't know what, you know, how exactly the system works here, but whatever it is doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't know. It's, he's been back and back and out and back and out and back and out and at uh, to this point, it's kind of like, all right, let's just get, get serve him these six games and quit hearing about it or talking about it or you know worrying about it in terms of his point spread. Even though uh, I think a lot of people argue that you know, running backs only going to affect the point spread either nothing, not at all, or a half point um, at the most. So I don't know if that really matters too much, but I'm just definitely tired of hearing about it regardless. Um, yeah, uh, this is another deal where San Francisco getting six is. It's pretty tempting. <laughs> I thought last week was kind of the week to lay off San Francisco and then maybe come back on them this week. Uh, but they ended up only losing by two there to Washington in a pretty decent effort. And then you had, uh, what is it, Bedhard or whatever, the guy from Iowa coming in for, um, for Hoyer, who's been horrible. So who knows exactly how good he's going to be. And uh, he can't be much of a downgrade from what Hoyer was giving him. So um, that doesn't really scare me off from back in the Niners, but it just sure seems like even though they're 0-6 and they've been competitive, it just seems like they have to lay an egg here sometime soon because it's been five straight games here where they've lost by three points or less. And uh, while I thought they were going to be pretty frisky and competitive, I did, even teams that are 0-6 are on some level they're 0-6 for a reason. And even though they've been keeping it close, there's got to be a, a time or two here where they're just get absolutely blown out or, you know, stuff doesn't go their way and they, they can't come back from it. So um, whether it's this week, you know, who knows? Um, but I, I don't know. It's one of those things where if, if I do end up jumping on San Francisco, it definitely be a little sheepishly. Um, you know, this isn't a week where you're, you're going, you know, t- putting two fists of chips all into the middle here to, to back the Niners, so I, I might end up talking myself into them, especially um, if the Zeke news gets overblown and you know your average person starts betting them super heavy, thinking, "Oh, it's an 0-6 San Francisco team, and now Zeke's back, and they're just going to run rough shot on them, and it gets up to a seven. Then uh, I might be a little bit more heavily involved because I just don't think the Dallas team is that good, and uh, and the Niners have been fairly competitive, so if the only thing keeping you off the game is all oh, their due to lay an egg here sooner or later. I don't think that's necessarily quite a good enough reason to totally stay away. So I might be involved here on the San Francisco side if if the number does get juicy enough. Next game is Seattle at the Giants. Uh, Seattle laying five and a half here on the road with a total of 40. Yeah, my guess here, Seattle minus five and a half. My power rating, Seattle minus four and a half. The opener was Seattle minus seven and a half. And this was obviously before... Uh, the, the Sunday night game. So, um, I, I, I obviously lean Giants. I'm not going to be laying Seattle. I'm not going to be laying points with Seattle on this point spread. That's just for sure. But I really don't like the Giants in this spot a whole lot either. So I'm going to be staying away from the, the side almost for sure. But the total, I did make a actually release to play and bet on that earlier today. Uh, got it myself at 38 and a half and released it at 39. But since seeing it bet up a little bit now, it's sitting at anywhere from 39 and a half and, Stations actually just moved from forty to forty and a half, so I like the I like the over obviously here. Um, I think uh, Seattle coming off a bye is going to have quite a bit of an offense attack. They haven't really shown much so far on offense this year. I think they're going to kind of get it together a little bit 
after a bye week. And I think the Giants, uh, I don't, I don't think their defense can is quite play as good as they did last uh, last week. And then also, I think their offense is pretty, obviously, pretty bad. But they're kind of basically valued at rock bottom right now. So a uh, little bit better now after that Sunday night game. But I think they'll uh, be able to put it put it together a little bit. The one thing I'm worried about is it's just Seattle blowout. That I don't know if the Giants are going to be able to do anything. And if that's the case, I don't know if we'll get over or not. But even last week, I had a little bit of money on the under for that Sunday night game and it seemed like it was just a dead nuts under and it still was only one score there at the end with like six minutes left there could have been a score a few different times or they could you know could have drove or whatever and would have put it either a push or put it over so it's just with these low totals like that it's just any fluky thing I know you said before can push it over so I think it's got a pretty good chance of getting over here on uh, this game here yeah I kind of like the Giants side um not just watching them on Sunday night and saying, oh, well, this team's a lot better than people thought. And I know it's not great spot-wise in terms of that, winning a primetime game when you're 0-5 and you're you know basically backs against the wall, you got a chip on your shoulder. And, and you make a statement in primetime, you know, as much as an 0-5 team can make a statement, uh, it's not your natural inclination to come back on them and back them again the next week, especially off a team with a bye. Just situationally, it doesn't, doesn't shout great spot. But I just I think the Seattle team, um, I just don't think they're that great in general. Their offense just really hasn't got it going for the most part. And um, I don't totally disagree with you that they might not be a little bit better. Or might get it going here somewhat. But uh, the, the just their home road splits are so drastic. Uh, even when they've been like a really good team, you know, top of the the league team, they've never been particularly impressive on the road. And I think nothing's changed this year except for they're just not as good of a team in general. So the their bottom end, when they are on the road, I think is even lower than it used to be. And I think they're a pretty average team on the road. So the fact that they're laying, you know, five and a half, six, um, at this point, I guess five and a half, um, to the Giants team, I don't think it's great, but that just seems like a huge number to me. Uh, for a team that can't really score all that effectively. So I'm definitely interested in the Giants side. Like I said, it's too bad they are coming off a primetime win in a short week against a team with a bye because if this was opposite, um, the opposite situationally, I would really, really like uh, the Giants, even though I'm sure it would be reflected in the markets. But uh, if you look at Seattle on the road here this year, they lost to the Packers week one in a game that they pretty much got handled in, even though they only lost by eight. And uh, then they lost to the Titans, which, you know, that's at that point at that time it didn't really seem like a terrible loss. It still might not be a bad loss, but that loss isn't nearly as you know quote unquote good as it looked a couple weeks ago. I don't think. And then they uh, they beat the Rams sixteen to ten, and it was a pretty fluky win in my opinion. And they won the turnover battle and and didn't really look all that impressive doing it. So um, I just don't think they're that good of a road team. So I, I think they might be able to sneak out the game outright, but uh, to ask them to basically win by a touchdown or more seems like a tall order. So I'll be uh, on the Giants' side of this one. Uh, the last afternoon game we got is Denver at the Chargers. Uh, looks like the Chargers are laying one and a half two at home with a total of forty one and a half forty two. Yeah, my guess and power rating were before this uh, before the night game, so kind of changed drastically. But that was before that. I had Denver minus four and a half as my guess, and my power rating was Denver minus five. The opener was Denver minus two and a half, and then the look ahead was Denver minus two and a half. And I was really shocked after that Sunday night game how much of an adjustment they made. Now it's sitting at two, one and a half, or a few twos out there, but um, mostly one and a half. So I'm kind of surprised. And 
definitely like the Denver side. I'll be having a bet on them. Just a matter of where it's going to go. I'm, I wouldn't think it gets up any higher, but I'm going to wait around and see because I might be wrong. But this Charger has ba- Chargers ba- team basically has no home field, and uh, so I'm not going to upgrade them at all for going home. And uh, Denver's obviously got a chip on their shoulder after getting embarrassed in a primetime game last week. So against about one of the worst teams in the league, or at least that's what they're making it out to be, everybody with all the injuries of the Giants and everything. So I really like the Denver side here, and with their defense, I think we'll be able to shut down Rivers in that offense. And I think Simeon, especially if he's playing, obviously if it's Ostrich and Osweiler, then it's going to be a little bit different story, but it looks like it's going to be Simeon. So if he's healthy, I'd like Denver quite a bit here, and I'll just kind of see what the best number I can get. And if anything, I'd have a small lane to the under at uh, 42. Yeah, I'm not in love with Simeon or or the Denver team, but uh, this is a situation of the Chargers. You want to you want them on the road catching points, and you don't don't want to be on them at home laying points, or you know I'd pick them or whatever. And this is a spot where obviously it's not a huge number when it's only one and a half or two, but uh, they're just they said they got if anything they got a home field disadvantage when you got the whole other team's crowd coming in and booing them as they're coming out of the tunnel. And not only they can, if they are on the road, they can kind of use that as motivation. But at home, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I think it's more, uh, you know, hurtful <laughs> than anything. I know I've heard quotes from Rivers and a couple other guys talking about that, how it's, you know, kind of embarrassing when they're home field when they're, the fans are outnumbered and they're getting booed all the time. So, um, if anything, I, you don't give them an advantage for being home. I think if anything, you might hurt them a little bit. So I think uh, Denver's, not a great team, but I think they're clearly the better team. So the fact that you're getting any kind of points with them, uh, especially in this situation, you got the Chargers coming off two wins, and you know the winning that game late against the Oakland team last week, and then winning the game late against the Giants team a couple weeks ago. Neither of those wins are were all that impressive, or they didn't come away from it thinking, "Wow, this team's got it all figured out." They just kind of play close games every week, but uh, against a Denver team, I think it's better. Uh, I agree with you. I'll, I'll most likely be on Denver here by the end of the week, and uh, if you could, if it if it gets up to three, um, that would be awesome. <laughs> that'd, that'd be spectacular. I'd definitely jump on that uh, pretty pretty hard if if you can find a three here at any point this week. Even though I, I kind of doubt it, but I think it's worthy of a bet either way. Yeah, I think it's about hit its ceiling. To be honest, I just don't see how it gets any higher than this. All the numbers I'm looking at and. Money-wise, so far in the stats, it's just a lot of money on Denver, just like I'd expected. So I just don't really know. I'm surprised it even hasn't been moving at all yet. But I'm just gonna, as soon as it moves a little bit at one of my one of the indicator books and my line watcher, I'm going to be putting in a bet on Denver and probably releasing it to play. So something you just got to kind of get stay ahead of the number when it does move. Yeah, and I know. Um, um, what was it? Did, did you listen to the the pregame pod with uh, RJ when they're talking about asymmetric? What was it? Asymmetric information, or everyone talking about head funds, hedge funds? How like this is a, a case where even if we th- even if you think it's unlikely, it's going to move up to three. Um, the the three going from the two where it's at in a lot of places now up to the three is so much more valuable than if say the two goes down to you know even a pick'em or even you know, Denver favorite by a point or two. That it's even if you think there's a small chance that it is going to move up to three, it's definitely worthy of waiting on on it to see if it does because if it does, it's such a big um, increase in the expected return on your bet that it's just worthy to to wait and see if there's any way it can get up that three. And if it does go the other way, 
you know, you're losing a little bit of value, but you're really not losing that much. So this is a, a typical situation where it's uh, worthy, or, you know, worth it to wait. Whether even if you don't think it's necessarily likely to to move up to the three, it's just uh, it's a better you know return in the long run than the low chance it does get up to three. Yeah, and I did hear that, and that's what I waited for last week with the Rams and the Cardinals both at both at two and a half plus two and a half. And Arizona at home and the Rams on the road, and obviously the Rams took some money before kickoff was down to about a pick'em, so I lost a little bit of you know about ten cents from the money line because I took that on the money line there. But Arizona kind of stood stood there, but then that's where I got burned was I didn't get it in in time, so it's kind of annoying that way. But yeah, that's definitely true. The one the one caveat of that though is obviously it takes a lot more money to get from two and a half or two to three as opposed to going from two to one and a half. So it's definitely not a direct correlation but it's definitely uh you know whatever like south point for example and all they do is move the number from two and a half to three they don't have any juice or anything and that's definitely the case for a book like that yeah and no, that's this is what i'm saying in terms of it's it's going to be significantly less likely to move towards there but even though it's less lucky doesn't mean that there's more value in waiting for the times where it does move even if it is a small percentage of the time it's uh you know long term it's a positive expectation to wait on that because yeah, you, know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I no, I know, I know 100 percent what you're saying. I'm just saying it's not. You can't say, oh yeah, I'm gonna wait until it moves because it's it's. My point is the money it's gonna take from moving it to like two to a pickums to be about the same money or even more. Uh, it's gonna take to move it from two to three, just because obviously it's a more key number. So it's not. I'm just saying it's gonna take a lot bigger of a move to get there. So. Yeah, I definitely agree, but it's not like it's uh, if it's sitting at two and a half, it might take just as much money to get down to a you know a point or a pick 'em as it would to get up to three because they're going to move move it with a lot of juice or whatever before it's going to get to a, a flat out three. Yeah, and that's why it's going to do it less often, but it's still in the best interest to uh, to wait on it in those situations. And uh, then if you see it moving the other way, you can still just you know grab where it was at or maybe miss a half point there, or whatever. It's not a big deal, but that's just something to keep in mind. Um, now the Sunday night game, we got Atlanta at New England. Looks like New England's uh, laying three, three and a half at home, and a total of 55. Yeah, just watching this basketball game here. LeBron just having a shoot a shot. Let's see. Okay, trying to get my uh, trying to get my Boston plus four and a half home here. So have to grind my teeth a little bit but yeah this one here i had new england minus three and a half it's my guess my power rating new england minus three the westgate open new england minus four and that was also the look ahead line i uh win popped up with a five at open and i was going into better then it moved to four and a half and i saw the rest of the market sitting at three and a half so i just popped a atlanta minus or sorry atlanta plus four and a half just kind of out of a value standpoint and i kind of like that side as well but by no means do I love the Atlanta side, but um, if you just talk about the number now at three and a half, or not now, but where the market's sitting at three and a half, I don't know. I think it's kind of right where it should be, but I really don't want to be laying points with this New England team, although it's pretty much just a, a pick em game if you give them about three and a half, four uh, for being at home with New England. So I uh, really don't know much to make while this game. It should be a good one Sunday night, but other than my bet that I made right away, I don't think I'll be involved uh, on any release plays, I wouldn't think, unless the you know, unless the public gets heavily involved on the New England side. I don't really see them coming in on Atlanta much. If they if they did, I would assume it would be on New England. I I just don't. I mean, I, I want to be in on Atlanta on this game, getting three and a half. But I just, I'm so not sure what to make of them after that. Miami lost last week. I, I thought I had them figured out fairly well that they're just you know an above average team that um, that that isn't great, but you kind of know what what they are and what you're going to get. 
And then they were up, whatever, 17 nothing or whatever it was early on the Dolphins. And kind of like, okay, you know, this is not a great team, but in a great spot. They can look pretty good. And, um, you know, you kind of bet them in, in the right spots and bet against them in the right spots, and you should be fine. But uh, then that kind of threw me for a loop here when they came back and lost that game outright. So situationally, I think it's a pretty good spot for them again. But um, then again, I did last week, and they didn't come through. So who knows? Um you know, if they're trustworthy or not, this is one that I kind of have to see as the week goes on, uh, you know, what you, uh, what information you hear and, you know, takes from, from different people, you respect their opinions and see where the money comes in on this game and, um, you know, kind of let that shape my opinion a little bit on whether Atlanta's worthy of a bet or not. But initially that's kind of the way I look, um, getting the, getting the three and a half. I know that's, for instance, last week, a good example of that with my Tampa bet. They were my pick of the week, and and I liked them a decent amount uh, at first glance early in the week. And then as the week went on, I saw there was some sharp support for Arizona, and that number came down a little bit, uh, even though I think the public was still on Tampa Bay. And that's just a, a spot where it doesn't totally keep me off a game, but I didn't didn't necessarily like that. And then just, uh, you know, looking at with the, the Peterson trade, which I don't think was going to help them, uh, the Cardinals, much, but... Maybe from a uh, you know psychological standpoint, it kind of got him a little bit more juice, and uh, you know, kind of as the week went on, it just kind of soured a little bit on my on my Tampa bet, which you can't take the money back once you put the bet in. Of course, you can't go back and change the podcast and change your pick, but uh, that's just something that it doesn't hurt if you don't think the numbers I'm um, going to be moving against you, or um, if uh, you know you you don't feel super confident or you don't think it's crucial um it's kind of not a bad idea to wait and kind of let your uh opinions kind of stew as the week goes on and and read as much as you can and listen as much as you can and and uh see what other piece of information come in whether it be you know weather or injury related or whatnot and kind of before you end up getting your bets in and form a fuller opinion it was something that it's kind of counterintuitive to a lot of what we say if if you uh if there are numbers that are going to be moving then you don't actually aren't able to do that but you can always come in on harder on the other side too um and just kind of grab numbers at the beginning of the week i know you do that a decent amount so it's just kind of come to keep in mind to make sure you uh have your full arsenal of uh, handicapping tools to don't do as best as you can here in the long run yeah the other thing quickly i want to say about atlanta is um I think obviously they're going to be motivated here. Obviously the Super Bowl revenge, which I think will be big. And then last week after getting the comeback and kind of a Super Bowl, what happened in the Super Bowl uh, preview type of thing as well. So, um, But I, I want to say last week with that game, I, I know somebody asked me who I liked in that. I told them I didn't really like the whole game laying that many points. But the one bet I really liked was the first half or first quarter taking Atlanta and laying the points. And reason being just because I think they're going to you know, come in at home after coming off a bye, they're going to be pretty motivated and showing up. And obviously that's kind of what happened. And then they kind of blew it in the second half, but I think that's something to kind of look forward to or look more towards too, as well. If you right away, like in a game like that, where they're coming off a bye, if take a look at a you know, first half, if you think they're going to, you know, an offense, they might be able to get it figured out or a team that's kind of going to, you know, start off slow or whatever. You could always look towards, towards the first half if you can find any value. And I think that was a perfect example for, for last week with Atlanta. I would agree with that in theory in a lot of ways, but I know part of the handicap, at least for me, I think we talked about a little bit last week and I heard it from a few different people, was the fact that Dolphins' travel was so ridiculous that, if anything, they should have been the ones wearing down in the second half. And uh, I was just shocked that Atlanta was the team wearing down off the bye. 
that just boggles my mind. I think at some point. And do you think it was wearing down, or do you think it was just not playing as hard? Because I don't think it was wearing down personally. I think it was just not playing as hard and kind of just they're looking ready, looking forward to you know saying, "Oh, we got the win." I'm looking forward to next week and our big game against New England after they came out. You know, basically looked really good at in the first first half there. Yeah, but I mean, if the NFL team shouldn't be like this. If the Dolphins were tired, which and obviously it doesn't seem like they were, but if they would have been, which was part of the handicap, like you really had to be backing off the pedal um, for a Falcons team to let them come back and win that. I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I just don't think that, uh, I, I agree with your point in a lot of ways, and I think that's makes a lot of sense. I just don't think for me personally, if I went back and re-evaluated this game, um, this wouldn't have been one of the ones where I'd lay the first half, even though it would have been turned out being the right play, just because I think Miami should be should. That was the perfect game for them to basically fall down early and basically quit. And I thought there was a better chance that the Falcons would be cover at the end of the game. You know, maybe pull away late than it would be where they jump out and then just kind of go into a shell. And Miami, who should have been retired by all rights, comes back and wins the game outright. Just seems super unlikely to me. But that's just my view of it. Obviously, it didn't turn out working out that way. So, anyway, um, the last game we got is the Washington-Philadelphia Monday night game. Philly laying four and a half at home and a total of 48 and a half. Yeah, my guess here, my power rating, Philadelphia, four and a half. Uh, the Westgate opened Philly minus six and a half, and that was a look ahead line as well. A little bit of Washington money came in, um, a little bit all week, and kind of just sitting right where I kind of expected now. It's sitting at four and a half, five range. Uh, I even see a five and a half at Coast. Uh, just like uh, other games here, which kind of off market a little bit, but not a huge difference between four and a half and five and a half. But I'd be the side I'd have to look at would be Washington, but clearly not. Um, I think all the value's kind of been extracted. So Philadelphia coming off a little bit of extra rest, and uh, I, I don't know. See, so yeah, like I said, I think this number's kind of right where it should be. I think the total is a little interesting at forty-eight and a half, pretty much across the board. I think that seems a little too high. I don't know. I, I'm not really sure why it's coming in. I would expect it to be more in that forty-seven, forty-seven and a half range. So. I'd have a small lean to the, or decent lean to the under, kind of wait and see where the market goes. I won't be surprised at all if it gets any higher, if it's already this high, if, especially when the public gets involved with these two teams. But a Monday night game, I won't be surprised if it gets any higher. And if it does creep any higher, I'll definitely be having a bet in on it, on the under. Yeah, this is, I, in terms of the total, I, I kind of like both these offenses a decent amount. I don't really like, I think the Philly defense is solid, and the Washington's is okay, I guess. I know, uh, you know, Norman, I think, is hurt for uh, Washington, and their other corner might be out too. And if that's the case, you start getting cluster injuries at corner. That could definitely lead to some to Philly having quite a bit of success on offense. And, uh, you know, Cousins, you know, I don't think he's spectacular, but I, I definitely trust him to put up a fair amount of points um, pretty much week in and week out. So, if anything, I kind of like the over here, although... At 48 and a half, it's, it does seem like a fairly high number. So it's kind of one of those you got to, uh, you know, you don't, you don't feel all that great when you're, when and it seems like a little bit of a higher number. But that's the only way I would look in terms of total personally is, is towards the over. And, uh, in terms of the side, yeah, I'd lean Washington, I guess, just in a division game like this. And Washington lost against Philly week one, even though they, I think in my mind, helped not, way outplayed them but played just as good if not better than they did uh, at home and, and lost the game outright with that weird 
uh, fumble six there late by Cousins. It looks like Philly, you know, beat them comfortably when they really didn't. It was kind of a almost an either or toss up type game there. So I would kind of expect more of the same here, even though Philly gets a little bit extra rest. Um, Washington's, you know, I think will have a little bit of revenge on their mind and for the most part plays pretty close to most teams with uh, their pretty solid, consistent offense. So I think getting four and a half here in the division game is kind of the way I look. I don't know if I'll quite like it enough to get to the window quite yet, but um, I'll kind of monitor that. And like I said, with the Atlanta game, it'll kind of be similar. See, uh, you know, as the week goes on, if how much my opinion strengthens or weakens. And then also with primetime games like that, like you said, see what the market does and, uh, and kind of react based on that. So that, uh, does it there for the, the week seven slate of games. It's pretty crazy. We're uh, almost getting to the halfway point here already, but, uh, all right. Well, now we got, uh, the pick of the week segment coming up. The AS pick of the week. And, uh, it's the first time and gosh, it's gotta be about a year that, uh, you know, I went on that whatever 10 game winning streak to close out the end of last year. And, uh, then the first six weeks this year I held on to the tee box, but it looks like it's Rob's time to step up. Uh, last week I had the Tampa that was never really, never really there. What, who did you have last week, Rob? You had the Vikes? Uh, yes. Vikings. All right. So that was a winner. And, uh, so that moves you to, what two and four on the season and i moved to two three and one so we're uh just killing on the picks of the week it's not quite as good as last year where you know i think you were a game or two above 500 and i was like 13 and three or something like that so what uh we'll have to get these back in the red or back in the black here uh, and let's start it off who you got this week yeah that's one i like a handful of games but um i think pretty easy from a picking perspective here i'd like I said, I'm not really sure where this market's going to go. I'm kind of confused as it is, but uh, I do like that Denver team, and I'm just, that's going to be my pick of the week. I think Denver getting one and a half right now, so might uh, just wait around, I think, and see. Like I said, there's a lot of one and a half, so you kind of just wait and see if it goes up any higher, but I don't think it really will. I think it's kind of hit the ceiling here be my guess. But um, like, So, yeah, I'll take Denver plus one and a half as my pick of the week. All right. Um, I think I'm going to talk myself into a little, uh, Giants taking the, taking the five and a half at home against Seattle. That's the way I'm going to go. So, what was that? Said, all right. All right. So, uh, I think that'll do it. And, uh, any other thoughts? I know it looks like you got that Boston game home against Cleveland. Looks like they held on to cover there late. Yeah, pretty funny. Welcome NBA season. They were down, what, 20, 25 points at, after, uh, I don't know, halfway through the game. And I look back after halfway through the podcast and they're up by three. So that's <laughs> typical NBA, but that's, uh, that's what you get. Just turn it on at the fourth quarter, halfway through the fourth quarter and see, see what the score is and whatever. So. Yeah. It is crazy. The, uh, ups and downs of the NBA in particular, but even, uh, even that Colts, Colts wager I had last night. It's one of those. You know, reminders, never count your money until the uh, zeros are on the clock because it's crazy how quickly things can change, even when it uh, seems like it's pretty unlikely to. Yep. So, But anyway, all right. Um, well, that, uh, that'll that do it here for the uh, Week 7 NFL podcast. Best of luck, everybody, in Week 7. And we'll be back next week to break it all down and, and look forward to Week 8.
Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.